You yeah, welcome to uh, Community Connect with Ed Weiner and Greg McHenry on OCR FM ninety eight point three and eighty eight point seven FM along the coast. And I was going to tell you we're streaming live, but we've got a bit of a problem with that. But we will have a podcast of this program up as soon as humanly possible, and it'll be on OCRFM.org.au. Ed, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Excited about today. Yeah, I know. We had a good start to the day, didn't we? A bit of a, you know, had a kiss and a g'day, how are you? And we've got music going because someone's phone's on. <laughs> but that's the nature of the beast that we've got in here today. We're going to be talking with with the uh, Sexual Assault and Family Violence Unit. And uh, I suppose their, fo- their phones run hot nowadays because people are more inclined to put their hands up than they used to be. But I played that song because, yeah, you got a friend, James Taylor, is... Uh, Definitely one of those tracks that uh, tells you that there are friends out there wherever you need them, and that's what Community Connect's all about. Anyway, before we go on, I'd like to pay respect to and acknowledge the Gulagin people, who are the custodians of the land we're on today, as well as the Gadabanud who are along the coast. I'd also like to pay my respect to their elders past, present, and also the future. As I say, today we're going to be chatting about Sexual Assault and Family Violence Centre, which was formerly... Barwon Casa and there are 16 Casas I understand around Victoria and today we have Louise Tracy who is in here and alongside her is well her name's Linda Dunn and she's very good she thinks she's going to be very quiet (laughs) because she's here she's a clinician and they've brought in a guest of their own and her name is Sue and um, Sue will have a bit of a story to tell herself I guess as we go along and, uh, yeah, Louise, I mentioned that it's sexual assault, family violence, but it was Bowen Casa. There's been a rebranding. How are you and what's that all about? Well, hi, first of all, thanks, uh, Greg and Edwina, for having us on the show this morning. It's really a privilege and it's great to be able to raise awareness about the Sexual Assault and Family Violence Centre. Um, so we were um, Bowen Casa and Minerva Community Services and merged in 2017 and um, by merging our services, we become a, um, a very um, unified organisation and able to offer great um, services for our clients and for people who've experienced sexual assault and family violence. And we're part of a multidisciplinary centre with um, co-located with Victoria Police Sexual Offences Child Investigation Team and Victoria Fa- Police Family Violence Unit, as well as DHHS Child Protection, all in the one building. Um, which is good for clients because they don't have to retell their story um, because we are a cohesive unit. Um, we also work closely with the Orange Door, which is a new um, centre helping women, children and young pe- people who experience family violence and families who need support with the care and wellbeing of children. They help connect people directly to services and provide a coordinated response to a range of different needs and where required a whole of family response. And as well as all those great services, we have um, a dedicated training and gender equity team who inform the community about how important it is to support primary prevention of violence against women and children um, and family violence and to recognise and respond to sexual assault and family violence. What is a gender equity person? So a gender equity person uh-huh. is, well, we have um, a team with um, our um, our manager and also um, a training officer and a gender equity officer who educate and inform the community about prevention and um, basically gender equity being equilibrium between 
two genders and all about respect and what we can do in that space as well. Do a lot of air higher level areas of um, whatever don't have gender equity within their organisations, aren't there? There are, but it's really um, with um, best practice, it's, it is best practice to have a good gender equity um, um, base in your organisation and, and develop those um, core um, factors for going forward in the organisation, seeing the... Um, um, how women can achieve just as well as men in organisations. Okay, we wondered your piece of information we've picked up on the program here recently was that in the, um, what do they call that, 500 of the biggest companies? Um, oh, the, um, the Fortune, Fortune 500. 500? Fortune yeah. 500, there are more blokes named James, I think it is, than there are women in it. Mm. <laughs> That's Peter, maybe? <laughs> then women on boards, is that right? Yeah, yeah so yeah. Peter or whatever, yeah, yeah which is yeah. absolutely absurd. Mm. But then, when it comes to the sexual assault and family violence, though, I think women are primarily the ones who are at the forefront of being the victims of. Is that where it lies still? Because So statistics tell us that one in three women will be affected by um, family violence, um, and one in five sexual assault over the age of 15. However, the co-occurrence of sexual assault within the context of family violence um, is very well known uh, and broadly understood by organisations such as our own. Uh, uh, there will be children with women in five occurrences when they approach an organisation. Um, so, oh, sorry, uh, half the women that approach organisations, there will be children that accompany them as well. And what we do know from a clini clinical point of view is that the mental health outcomes for children that experience uh, or are exposed to family violence towards their parent, the longitudinal outcomes for those children is worse than if they were the direct recipient of the violence. So to, to witness violence or sexual assault has just, if not a, as a profound effect on children's developing brains um, than if they were the recipient of that violence. So... Really, then, we've got a, an equal playing field, male-female, when it comes to the people you're dealing with. Is in that what you're basically saying? No, that's yeah. not what I'm saying at all. So one in three women. Uh, so we do know from statistics and research across <coughs> Australia that uh, women are primarily the victims of family violence and sexual assault. And getting back to uh, what I uh, guess we were touching on earlier in far, in, insofar as gender equity is concerned... Yes, I think that we understand it at that top echelon of business. However, it is a societal issue. Yeah. And so as we are born into this world, we grow up understanding that boys and girls are not equal. And so therefore, it's the underpinning belief systems around inequality of gender that inform people's use of violence or that they're... they're understanding that they are in a position to be able to do that because because of what they've heard, grown up with, how we, um, I suppose, diminish uh, um, children's emotional responses in terms of boys will be boys and boys don't cry and that you have to be tough, as well as that girls need to be certain things within, the, um, mm. in, within their, their childhood as well. So it starts from a, from the moment almost of an inception. We are creating a gendered world for those mm. children to grow up in. I see a great change in that, though. Isn't don't you feel it's changing? In uh, what way, Edwina? Do you see the change? Do you see that oh, in schools or yeah, yeah just yeah. in in uh, 
in sorry my phone's disturbing me um, I just see a change in education in the education of children yeah well there is um, um, there has been respectful relationships um, trialed in primary schools and um, that's definitely something that the education department is looking at respectful relationships mm. and certainly um, we have traditionally um, done some work in high schools actually educating kids in high schools around the region so we've done work at um, schools like in Geelong in St Joseph's and um, Clonard and Matthew Flinders, Ballerine um, so there's quite a few schools that have embraced that and changing those entrenched attitudes as well. Yeah. Mm. So it's a cultural change, but culturally, um, have we got worse with our violence or, or how are you guys going? Is there more business coming your way now because people are talking about it? And I feel that's the shift. And I think that mm. equally, Edwina, that's something that we see now is that people are speaking about it. We're on radio today talking yeah. about yeah. it, mm. which is previously this would never have occurred. Uh, family violence and sexual assault was always understood but, to be know, a private issue. So. Sorry, I've got, I've got to say against you on that because we, in another world, in Geelong, we've been talking about this for a number of years yeah. and we we have seen a lot of change, I think, in that time. And we, also I think that's yeah. the Royal Commission yeah, as well, absolutely. the Royal Commission Institutionalised Family. But it was also, um, see, when, when I think we first spoke, spoke with you back in the old days, um, we had Jenna and we had Casa, we had the Rape Centre. And so the, the, way, the way things have been perceived through the years of discussion and the evolution of people talking about it, which I believe it is mm. an evolution in cultural change of people mm. talking about it, there have been, there's been a lot of change that I think we need to be a bit positive about. And people even more so now are talking more mm. because of the likes of the Commission. But I think the conversation has increased a lot in the last, that we know of, 12, 13 years. Yeah, yeah I think the silence is broken. People yeah. aren't quiet and uh, people speak up. Mm. You know, it's not family. Be quiet. It's family business. Don't talk about it. Mm. It's out there now. Yeah. There is and, that stigma the still. The Me Too campaign. Mm. And certainly Rosie Batty. And, yeah, Rosie um, Batty. Yeah. Absolutely. There's mm. been a positive shift mm. toward yeah. us being able to be more open and... Um, encouraging people to seek assistance. So, uh, in answer to your question, yes, there has been an absolute shift in uh, in the amount of uh, uh, work coming our way in terms of clientele. There has, yeah, mm. and it's a, and I think blokes are stepping up to the the platform now more readily. Is that a fair comment? I can't. Um, in terms of, I know that there was a there was a a group that got started up there through John Blomfield, for example, who's one of your your top people there, clinicians, and I think that's fallen by the wayside. But there was the, some of the or blokes are stepping up to the plate because of the abuse that has been, like Ballarat, for example. I know the cars are there; has got a lot of blokes there supporting. Right, and so it's historical sexual historic, uh, yeah, historical yeah. stuff. People are historical stepping up. sexual assault. That yeah, yeah. So mm. the victims of sexual assault. The male yeah, but victims. it's not just the, it's not just the religious side of it. It's also the family people. You know, the, those who have been affected by family. I've met a few of them as well. So, so um, are you getting the same thing happening within your so your organisation? So we we certainly respond to um, male victims of sexual assault. Mm. Um, 
which can occur in many different facets of life. Yeah. And it certainly does take a, a, a long time for that disclosure to come about, which also I think is impacted upon by the Royal Commission and the, yeah. the mm. openness that we have in conversation now. Um, so uh, we, as a whole team, um, respond to male victims. So it doesn't matter about the gender of the the clinician. Mm. Um, I yeah. just I don't think that there's a group running anymore that no. you might mm. be talking about historically. Mm. Um, but yeah, not, uh, we all. I think one of the reasons victims. I say that because as a bloke, I'm wanting the blokes to step up because I know that there's a lot of hurt still out there. Because well, I'm an old St Joey's boy. Okay. So and I know I know there is a lot of old. We've we've quoted on this previously where the um, where Alan Swingler was a bloke who was jailed for violating uh, only half a dozen people and he's admitted to over a hundred subsequent to that. So there are, you know there's another ninety odd in Geelong mm. just from one one predator. Right. See, so I know, and and that that covers a Western District. So we advocate not that you should talk up. But to be aware that there are a lot of services, services there. available for you, and that you the blokes are there if you to. want to talk yes, up. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That, and so, and you, you, you've got to be comfortable about being able to do it. So, if there are others that are doing it, you know, join the club. Mm. Yeah, but it's not just male counsellors who no, no, see men that have gone through that. It's yeah. also women who who see these. Um, people who have gone through that historical sexual assault as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. all of the clinicians that work at um, that work at the Sexual Assault and Family Violence Centre will see any gender, mm. any age. Mm. There is a clinician, um, and so also in saying that though, uh, there are a couple of male clinicians that can be requested if the person wants a male clinician, and yeah. we always mm. ask at our intake process. Would you like to see a male or a female? Mm. Both sides. If there's a female, we check whether they will be comfortable mm. seeing a male clinician. We're going to have to talk about the intake process and everything else. It's moving right along. We've got Sue sitting there very quietly, but she's here obviously for a reason. Part of what we were talking about or we've mentioned so far is how people are sitting up and talking about it instead of we're lying back and accepting all of whatever's been going on. Sue, you're, you haven't got much time because we'll have a little break and just say good day. Uh, and I'm uh, really pleased to meet you today. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's not a not a uh, uh, a great reason you're here, but it is. It's a great reason. What is your main? Why did you want to come in? Um, mainly, I just wanted to um, just spread some awareness that there are services out there that if you do want to reach out and get some help and support for yourself or y- your um, your children, that there are people out there who are, um, can help you and support you through. Um, sexual assault or family violence. Okay, well, look, we've touched on that now with you, so we will have a track. Now, you're going to be playing. We've had bangs and whatever else going on here, phones going all over the place. But we're going to have... You're going to put a track on for us, Louise. Uh, Yes, we thought we'd play um, the um, late and great Aretha Franklin's Respect. So here we go. All right, now you wait a minute. You've got to give me a chance to oh, get on because I've got to do some station announcing. Okay. It's a bit after twelve, and it's nine, 21 minutes past the hour. Where today you're on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry, where we are. The, well, now wait a moment, don't play it yet. We're trying to stop it. You're trying to stop it, so okay. It's all good. Um, and we'll have that sorted out in a tick. We're here at so uh, you're on OCRFM 98.3 here in Colnick and 88.7 FM along the coast. And we will have this up as a podcast, but currently we're not streaming live. 
Um, and uh, we're talking about Sexual Assault and Family Violence Centre, which is in Geelong. We've got Sue in here who's going to be talking to us a little bit about what the services and benefits have been to her. Uh, Louise, I don't know, what is your... I haven't even got a title. I didn't give titles out, Louise. Uh, yes, I'm the Community Relations Officer. So you're media. Well, yes, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> Community Relations <laughs> Officer. She's doing a wonderful job. And along with Linda Dunn, who... Was, as a counsellor, and she was going to come here and be quiet, but she's not. She's doing a lot of talking and fabulous. So we'll be back it's with this, after this track by Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Go for it. Yeah, that's Aretha Franklin, and I'm sorry if it blasted you a little bit, but that was played off a device here that um, rather modern. <laughs> for me anyway and I'm never I'm always astounded as you know out there in listening land here on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast and I've got Linda Dunn who's a counsellor with, with sexual assault and family violence in Geelong she's looking over the top there gave me a funny look sitting oh. next to Louise Tracy who's the the uh, public relations and Sue who is a, uh, she's obviously a very brave young girl um, who's in here as a client and uh, has put a hand up for support for with sexual assault and family violence. And I assume you had other other associations to be able to get to that distance or you would have talked to someone, like your GP or whatever. Um, well, really it was kind of a bit of a rocky hard road to kind of find the Sexual Assault and Family Violence Centre for myself anyway. Um, I tried out a few other services or even um, private psychologists to sort of um, help with what I was feeling at the time Um, and it sort of didn't really fit with what I needed or nobody had um, sort of specific training in family violence and couldn't really give me any um, specific advice especially for my children um, with regards to them witnessing family violence um, so I did a bit of Google searching really and came across um, what was then Barwon Casa um, and called the intake or well, called the reception and they surprised to me put me straight through to an intake um, worker because um, every other place I had contacted you make an appointment for weeks in advance and either by that time you get cold feet because you think you shouldn't be doing this or a bit of fear comes into it, your situation changes a little bit and usually I'd end up cancelling or something like that. So um, when I got to speak to someone straight away it was actually really helpful um, and I got to talk to someone straight away about my situation and come up with a plan of what to do um, on the day, so um, that sort of helped me in my own mind sort of realise that I was doing the right thing and um, yeah, they linked me up with services at the Sexual Assault and Family Violence Centre pretty much straight away um, and that's where I sort of first met Linda and um, got involved with um, one of the programs there for myself and my children. Okay, so now you said services, so you've been linked up with multiple services? Um, I am through my children uh, also with a different service but mainly I have attended the Sexual Assault and Family Violence Centre um, and gone through um, one of their programs called the CMIMS program 
um, which is the Children and Mothers in Mind mm -hmm. program um, for children under school age and I've attended that with both of my children and it's been hugely beneficial for myself and kids. So you were saying you were first hand when uh, Linda made mention about how it's a family, basically a family problem where it's the, the violence is affecting the children as well. You're, you're being completely put into that situation where the children, have, you've seen the effect on them. Yeah, correct. So I've got a, um, she's now school age, but when I first went into um, the program, she wasn't. Um, and I've also got a little boy um, who... Linda and um, some of the other workers have known since he was a newborn. So um, I initially approached them with some of obviously what I was feeling, but some of the behaviours and feelings that my children were expressing um, and just completely out of my depth on how to deal with that whilst also dealing with my own emotions and what we were going through. So um, they were through the um, program that we went through as well as I did some one-on-one um, -on -one sessions with Linda and myself without the kids. Um, through both of those things I was able to um, sort of sort my own mind out but also they were able to teach me strategies and um, give me information about what was going on for my children and how to help them um, move through this process as well. With that, Linda, a couple of things are great. It's meritorious that Sue was able to get such quick connect by you know almost instantaneous response from you guys at the Sexual Assault and Family Violence Unit. Um, but it's a bit of a worry that other people are not well educated, or well, there are two aspects. It was hard for her to find or for Sue to find out about you guys, and the other one is that the people that she'd spoken to previously had not had the nous or whatever else to say, you know, this is where we think you should be headed? Part of it, Greg, sorry, is I also think that there's still out there that um, if the person experiencing it changes their behaviour, then their situation will change. Um, and it's a little bit of sort of trying to change the person who's experiencing it. So mm. part of it is that it's not that they didn't know where to send you, but... Um, that they were trying to get me to change my own behaviour without looking at the holistic okay. thing of the whole family, my whole situation, mm -hmm. just talking about my own feelings and what I was doing rather than what was happening in the whole family. Um, so I think once I started to realise that it wasn't just me who was having the problem, it was, you know, it was bigger than that, yes. that I could then start to look mm. further than um, mm. just someone for myself. Mm. And that can, can be a common response is uh, the queries about why doesn't she um, why doesn't she leave? The focus is, uh, can be generally um, in broader, uh, not so specific services, um, trying to assist uh, mother and children. However, the question is why is he using violence? So, so I think that you can get a. Uh, and I can't speak to your experience, nor would I, Sue. Um, I think you're doing a beautiful job, <laughs> very eloquently speaking to it. Um, but it can be difficult uh, navigating the service system. Mm. Um, yeah. There and is, sorry, also out there that the children 
still aren't that affected. Mm. Oh, well, they're young, they're not going to... They don't know what's happening um, or putting down what they're, they're, the behaviour they're expressing um, as a, a separate behavioural issue, not what they've seen or what they've heard. Um, that, you know, oh, it's normal developmental behaviour and all of this sort of thing, that it's not, um, you know, a bigger problem. Um, and so I think when I went to try and look for some help, how what I felt was unusual about what was happening um, was just sort of pushed away to the side and there wasn't that. Once I started to get into the CMIMS program and started to so look at... Sorry, what is so that program? It's called the Children and Mothers in Mind program. But how did you pronounce it? Semen. CMIMS. 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 Acronym of Children and Mothers in Mind. I heard it. I'm sorry, but I didn't know what it was. It just... Seamims. Children of. No, no, sorry. Children of. Mothers Mothers in Mind. Mothers in Mind. Okay, that's fabulous. So they talk a lot about um, how violence um, affects brain development and the children's development. And I started to realise that what I was seeing wasn't just my kids acting out because they were being naughty and all that sort of thing. They were trying to process what was going Mm. on and all that. So that. Mm-hmm. avenue of help was fantastic. How many people are in this group? Um, so we have up to, to eight mothers in a group at a time but that can be mothers that uh, have multiple children in the group so the groups can be quite large um, the groups were a rec- one of, met one of the recommendations that came out of the Royal Commission because there were not a lot of services that were recognising and responding to children and so we've been funded for the last two years to run our Children and Mothers in Mind groups. We also have other groups yeah. as well at the centre and um, one is Trauma Acceptance Commitment Therapy, so the TAC group. It's for women over the age of 18 who've been impacted by sexual assault or family violence and it helps to increase their levels of mindfulness and self-awareness, develop an improved understanding of the impact of trauma and develop strategies to effectively manage their symptoms. So that's another group. And then another group is Connect, which is also for mothers or female carers and their children who've been affected by family violence and focus on strengthening the mother-child relationship after family violence. And um, a group that's quite popular too is Body and Mind, which assists with self-awareness, understanding of trauma and calm in the body and mind, assisting the day-to-day living in those eight units in that body and mind as well. Um, and it's for women and men who've experienced sexual assault and women who've experienced family violence. Okay, now group work doesn't always suit. Is it, do you have one-on-one as required? Oh, we would definitely make a very informed decision at intake if, and we would go on the self-determination of the person coming through that in- intake process whether they would like to come into a group or not. Um, and so it's really up to the individuals coming through the service to determine that. So Sue had a great processing in terms of the intake as to how the assessment and that, that went. From all accounts, it was pretty easy, was it, Sue? Yeah, it was. Um, initially, I was told that there was that there would be um, for one-on-one counselling that there there may be a bit of a wait, um, but we would there was um, the opportunity to participate in one of the groups, which would also include the children, um, and for me that meant what I wanted out of the service um, and going in then to have the intake with 
um, the group leaders at the time, which were um, Linda and another facilitator, um, I was able to talk with them through my own specific story and the needs of myself and my children. But that didn't just include my, um, you know, the current situation. They go right back. So um, I was able to talk about any previous issues that I felt were impacting on um, my current situation as well. So for me, that kind of encompassed everything that I needed. Um, and through that, I was also able to have some one-on-one -on -one sessions with Linda as, as well. So, so that was um, really helpful mm. for myself. And that sounds like another plus there too, Linda, is that once, I'm assuming Sue was allocated to you somehow or other, that there's a partnership starts up and there's that continuity with all the, with the working together? Oh, absolutely. I think one of the core things that you need to have with anybody in this space is rapport. And so that's one of the hardest uh, areas that we work in is building rapport with our clients. Mm. Um, we can be, uh, the, you know, privileged as being the first people to hear some of these stories. Mm. And so uh, our clients need to trust us mm. um, implicitly. So what happens... Um, at the first call, or what? What is the? What? How do we get your client allocated to you? So a person rings up. So what's the next step? So I mean, the fact that they've rung up, you must be wrapped. Um, and that it's a really important, um, I suppose, uh, essential thing for for people who do ring up because it can take them a very long time very to, to get or, to that or as point. Or as Sue said, there's a lot of hesitation in in, to, in and out, in and out. Yes, yes, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it's an extremely complex um, position to find yourself in. And so the intake team are extraordinarily uh, astute and they are very good at listening and making people feel like they have been heard. And so at that point, and they are uh, um, very well informed as well, and so they would be the ones that will be filtering through. Mm. Every person that calls our intake team comes in for an initial appointment and within that the person that comes in plus the clinician will be making an informed decision about where to go from there with our suite of services that we offer at the centre. We might talk a bit more about your suite of services a bit after. We're going to have another track are we? We have to sit here. We are. We're having another track. So you want to have another track? We, we, we have a, we've got so to take you a deep breath. Say when to press the button. I'll say when to press the button, but we will have a, another track. I've just got to make sure. I feel like a drink of water or something or other. It's quite, sure. it's yeah. quite an incredible um, conversation we're having here today on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. Where's the Devonshire tea? We're not allowed to have anything like that in the in the studio. We're not going to have a drink out of a safe bottle. Mm -hmm. um, but it, yeah, it's uh, if you're out there and it's uh, affecting you about or any of this with sexual assault or violence or anything like that, um, there are a lot of numbers to call. We'll give you this. Well, would you want to give the first number out, Louise? Well, the first number I give out is our centre's number, which is um, o three five triple two four three one eight. Okay, that's o three. Five triple two four three one eight, but I've got other numbers as well that we can give out, and we will be putting onto the the podcast, such as the um, sexual assault crisis line number, which is one eight hundred eight zero six two nine two, and safe steps, which is for family violence, is one eight hundred zero one five one double eight. And I just wanted to say too that if you were in immediate danger, to call the police triple yeah. zero. 
And did you, there is somebody out there. That's why, as I said, I put on that track at the outset. If you've got a friend out there, is uh, it's something you and don't feel as though you're alone. And that's what a, what a lot of people do do. Sue, you feel alone in, in all of this. You felt as though you were the only person. Yeah. So felt completely isolated until really I turned up at the group and there were five other women who. And you don't talk about what's happened. You don't talk about your stories. You're there to, um, you know get support and um, hear the, the content and get some information and slowly over time people make comments and you sort of, you can see everyone around the room being like, oh, that's, that's happened to me too and you're, mm. you can start to see that you're not the only person mm. and there are other people and you're not alone and you're not the only one that's happened to and you're not silly or, you know, feel stupid for it, um, you know, letting it happen. Um, it's not like that, so... Um, that's one of the biggest things I got out of the group is it started to become a little community and you sort of, you know, well, it ended up being like my little second family, really. Mm. Um, both mm. the workers and the other women and, and their children, you start to, you know, create friendships and things, especially when you've been isolated and, you know, you've lost some of those friendships or even your family. Um, it can be really good. So I think the, the bit of a moral to the story there is once you put your hand up, it's the hardest thing to do, but once you do it, Mm. that you're only going to step forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you can hesitate. We're allowing that. Mm. And you're allowed to. The same with alcohol. I've called places and if they didn't answer the phone quick enough, I'd hang up and be, mm. you know, second-guess myself. And it'd take me a little while to make the call again. And mm. um, the mm. ladies at the centre are lovely and they always answer the phone very quickly. Well, that's <laughs> yes. good. We have, a, we have a wonderful reception. Yeah, they the do. Centre, yeah. And you can, that's another one. You can always send an email. If you don't want to ring up, and you want to just put something into words, you can uh, send an email to reception at safvcentre.org.au. That's SAFE for Sexual Assault Family Violence Centre, spelt Englishly, C-E-N-T-R-E.org.au. We'll have that break. We're going to get Lou to press the button on the track, and I understand it's going to be Destiny's Child. So we'll have a listen to that, and we'll be back on Community Connect right after this. That's Destiny's Child, and that was played by Louise Tracy, who's in here from Sexual Assault and Family Violence Centre. And uh, well, uh, it's, oh, we'll get her to tell us the reason why as soon as we've just welcomed back, welcomed back Linda Dunn, the counsellor, and our very, very brave and beautiful, wonderful well, client of theirs, Sue, who's had a good chat with us, and Edwina, of course, and we're 98.3 FM and 88.7 FM along the coast where we will hopefully be streaming live next week but we'll be brought we'll be putting this up as a podcast and Edwin is going to remember to get a photo of us all so as we can put it on the blog before we go home where are we we haven't got much time it's now on to 11:47 nearly 11:48 and uh, we've got to get out of here as close to midday as we can Louise how are you and you're reading a few notes there are things here that Give I'm talking away, about. Yeah, we could have given it away no, because there's so much, so little time and so much because there's things about you've got problem sexual behaviours and adolescent family violence programs and we, you mentioned services earlier on. Yeah. But I don't know all the services you've got. Yeah, so... And I know um, you're a wonderful such boss. Such a broad range of services. I know. Yeah. Helen Bolton, your wonderful boss, who we, we love dearly, is mm. going to be happy when you try and get through them all as quickly as you can. <laughs> Hi there to Helen, if you're listening. <laughs> if you are listening, you are good. And if you're not, if you're not, I hope you have a listen on the podcast and I hope you're enjoying a little holiday. Um, 
So I guess I just wanted to run through the services as well, just so we cover off on everything. Yeah. Um, we offer a crisis <coughs> response as well for immediate support for sexual assault and family violence. Um, counselling, counselling, um, one-on-one counselling. Um, it's for um, adults, young people and children who've experienced sexual assault and for women and young people who've experienced family violence. And I just wanted to reiterate that that is free counselling and it's confidential counselling as well. Um, we offer case management support for family violence, case management for women and children experiencing family violence. And um, the support um, includes assessing the level of risk and developing a safety plan. And our case managers are able to offer information and support for women to make informed choices. And um, we work with other family violence services and link into a range of services. And um, we can help, uh, if you're leaving a family violence situation, we can help with crisis accommodation and referrals to refuge. And we also offer court support for family violence. Getting ready for the next one. Sexually abusive behaviours. We've got an early intervention service for children and young people aged 10 to 18 who've engaged in problem sexual or sexually abusive behaviours and working to understand why this behaviour is occurring and the outcome is that children and young people go on to experience respectful and rewarding relationships. Now, that's the young people, and now you've mentioned three or four schools where where you've got a bit of education going on. Is there enough education in schools? I mean, when I was a pup, our sex education was absolutely ridiculous or non-existent. Mm. Is there enough in the schools in education nowadays and are parents... You know, the generation after me, are they are they teaching their children things a lot better than we were taught? I mean, well, I, I'm 67, all right, I'm fessing up. Yeah. So we're, we're a bit of a generation ahead or behind yeah. you in terms yeah. of, of well, I culture. Can't, I can't really comment on that because I don't actually know, but it, I know that respectful relationships is looking at being implemented into schools. Um, so that would increase that, that overall education around respectful relationships. Mm. Yeah. Because we need, as a as a whole culture, we need to be more respectful all around and be able to be, you know, teach mm. respect. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like the um, the fact that you can just ring Casa and ask for information. You absolutely. can do that as a, an adult, as a parent. Yes, absolutely. As a parent or a professional, um, you can definitely call us for a secondary consultation as well if you're a teacher. Or, mm. So. Um, you know, open to responding to all calls mm. like that. Um, we also um, look at an adolescent family violence program, which we work with um, Barwon Child Youth and Family. It's called Step Up, and that's um, for young people aged 10 to 17 who views violence against a parent or carer. Um, Behaviours um, may include physical, verbal, emotional, psychological, sexual, financial, cultural, or spiritual abuse, which is you know, your family violence. Um, and it, the f- program focuses on the young person's relationship with their family and the community. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Now, I understand um, one another aspect is if you've got a bloke comes in and has been abused himself, but if he's abusive himself, that you can't deal with him until such time as his issues are sorted. Is that correct? Uh, so if there's an active IVO against that person, no, we would 
could not. Um, and that's uh, based on safety um, yeah. uh, and concerns. But the centre does not respond to perpetrators. There are other services out there that, that, that perpetrators can um, uh, find assistance with. Because, yeah, that's a, there's a whole, the whole issue, the whole area is so volatile that the, your client is the one who, the client and the children, whether it be the male and children or female mm. and children, they're the, the ones that are mm. at the top of the ladder that you're, got, that you're looking after. Have you found that that has been, now that you, you've got yourself involved, Sue, is it all sorting itself out well? Uh, it's a long road. It's a long road? Yeah. So, um, yeah, past the initial sort of initial safety concerns, the initial sort of heightened um, emotions that you're feeling, but there's there's a lot that goes into moving away from a family violence relationship. Um, there's obviously your initial dealing with the family violence itself, moving away from that, your children and their emotional and physical well-being um, but then you've got a lot of other stuff afterwards obviously your long-term sort of psychological healing um, but then there's you know custody and all that sort of stuff that goes mm. goes with it so that that's a long road but um, getting there um, and yeah I've and the process is underway but through that journey I mean are there any things that um, you have to you know, some of the things to overcome such as triggers that you need to deal with yeah, um, and some of those things you don't really realise um, until you're kind of in the situation and sort of somewhere that you've been before or hear something, smell something, somebody says a certain phrase and you start to feel um, anxious for no apparent reason um, and it's not until you sort of go back and sort of think about it or talk to, talk to somebody else and start to see why you felt that way um, and it can sort of be anything that sort of triggers a, a feeling or a memory or um, yeah they, they can be hard to deal with but with support you can mm. move through that. Going back to what Linda said about not being able not perpetrators can't access the service that's one of the things that um, actually makes you feel quite safe when mm. you go there is that um, it, even though it's a service for everyone it's a service for everyone that's been um experienced it as a, um, a I don't like to say victim but as a survivor or somebody who's mm -hmm. um, experienced it themselves Not, and you know that the type of people who perpetrate that um, um, behaviour aren't going to be there when you go there, you're not going to be sitting in the waiting room with someone who's um, done that to another family Yeah, um, so that's... It is a safe space. Yeah, completely safe space and it mm. just makes you feel at ease as soon as you walk in there. Mm. We've got a bit of time only to, for you to tell us the numbers and everything else and the best sure. way to contact and just yeah. to reiterate anything that you'd like to go with, Louise. So um, we do have an outreach in Colac and um, we are based at Colac Area Health on a Tuesday and we offer counselling for adults who've experienced sexual assault. Um, and on Wednesdays we're at the Colac Youth Hub and offer counselling for children, young people and families who've experienced sexual assault. And we also offer case management for family violence. Now, the best way to make an appointment um, for Colac is to still contact our Geelong office on 03 Okay, now, a lot of this information we've given you today, too, on, on the services is available on the website of SAFV, 
centre.org.au, yes, is that correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're on Facebook. We are, yes. And you Facebook. told me you're a Twitter. You Twitter with, with, what's his name from America, do you? Twitter, the Twitter <laughs> expert. What's his name? Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> um, but anyway. And We're quite different than that. Yeah, you are. You, very different. Yours is very, yours is very <laughs> positive and quite whatever. Yes. So yeah, all those modern things are modern. So, what do they call them? Social media connections. Mm-hmm. Facebook, you just go into what sexual assault and family violence. That's right. Yes, which we have a page. Liked. Yes, yep. You do that. And, and to follow us on the page. Follow yep. you on the page. Reception at safvcentre.org.au if you want to do it or you want to send right. a note rather than, than a phone and have hesitations that Sue would now recommend you try and get over as quickly as you could. Yeah, just call. Just yeah, call. It sounds mm. simple, but you just call. Mm, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Mm. And it's five triple two four three one eight, and I'll put the other numbers up as well on the blog. Lovely. Next week, we're talking, it's a, a sort of allied in a way, because a lot of the blokes and women who have been, or go to AA, are um, have either perpetrated or been perpetrated, because a lot of women take solace or hide behind having a fair few drinks or poker machines or whatever else, and... We're going to be talking with AA people, and one of the blokes who's coming in, we have two people, I think we've got a girl and a, a bloke and a man, a bloke and a woman coming in, and the bloke's been 30 years on the wagon, and people would wonder, you know, why do you still go to AA after 30 years? But um, there's a reason for it, and we'll be talking with him about it. Now, while I'm having a yarn slowly, if you've organised, the reason I had to get you to turn that off was because the news, the more the music was still coming through softly from oh, the next track okay. you were having. Right. Mm. So Linda went out as it all blasted out. <laughs> so while Louise and uh, Linda and that are organising, I want to say thank you once again, Sue, for coming in. It's been Thanks absolutely fabulous me. meeting you. And Louise and Linda, you came down from Geelong. Yes, we did. Yes, out to the, the people drive down. Here, which is great. So I must <coughs> thank you very much for coming down. But it is definitely a worldwide a world. It's a, a wise thing to be talking about and something we need to talk about. And uh, yeah, so if any of you out there now, the other one that you can ring as a backup to if uh, you want is Lifeline 131114. But the numbers for Sexual Assault Crisis Line in Victoria are 1800 806 292. The Safe Steps or the Family Violence number is 1800 015. One double eight, and both of those numbers are twenty four hours a day. So, for someone who wasn't going to talk very much, Linda, you've done a very, very good job. <laughs> I think Helen will be very proud of you. And Louise, you're having I'm trouble just over there, to find are you? That song. I'm sorry. Well, if you can't mm-hmm. find that song, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pop mine in here, and we'll type. We'll just put in what track we might even put in. I reckon we we'll go out with a Beatles track, or not a Beatles track, a um, John Lennon, and I think that'll be just what the doctor ordered. So you have been listening to Ed Weiner and Greg McHenry on Community Connect here on 98.3 FM and 88.7 FM along the coast, and we will have this podcast up at the earliest. We'll talk to you again next week. Say goodbye, Ed. Goodbye, everyone. And we'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.